Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hi, everyone. My name is Mike Grauber. I'm one of the investment writers at Julius Baer here in Zurich. Our research has made some notable changes to their fixed income calls, and so we have our analyst, Dario Messi, on the show to walk you through them. But first, I will give you a brief market overview. The S&P 500 gained 0.9% yesterday, led by technology stocks. It closed 2% below its 200-day moving average of 4,076 points. Last time the S&P 500 touched its 200-day moving average was back back in mid-August. It couldn't quite make it, and equities turned south in the following weeks. So there's probably going to be a lot of attention on this level in the coming days. Markets yesterday were helped by a release of the U.S. Producer Price Index, showing that growth slowed to 8% year-on-year in October, less than expected, and backing up the narrative from last week's consumer inflation report that inflationary pressures are in fact finally abating. And related news, Cargill CEO said in a Bloomberg interview that food prices are likely to be lower next year. However, late in the New York session, a headline hit the wire that a missile had struck land in Poland near the Ukraine border, stoking concerns of an escalation of the war in Ukraine and, quite understandably, causing U.S. equities to end the day off their highs. While the story has yet to develop, U.S. President Biden said it was unlikely that the rocket had been fired from Russia. Gold initially shot up on the news, but has since moved back to 1773 US dollars, and the US dollar has also halted its slide given its traditional safe haven status. Nevertheless, European stocks are pointing towards a lower open given the higher geopolitical concerns, and shares in China are lower with the Hang Seng down 1% after days of historically strong gains. In separate news, A data release showed that house prices in China fell by 0.4% in October, the largest such drop since 2014. The Chinese company Tencent will be out with earnings after market hours in Hong Kong. On earnings, we've just published a new Beyond Markets podcast available on Apple and Spotify titled Key Takeaways from the Q3 Earnings Season with Matteo Rachete our head of equity strategy research. He talks about how companies overall have fared in this Q3 earnings season and what investors can take away from it. You also find it in German on our Marktanalysen und Gespräche channel. Turning to energy, Brent oil is at just above $93 a barrel this morning. President Biden is considering forcing US diesel suppliers to keep a minimum level of inventory in tanks this winter to prevent shortages and keeping prices affordable. In terms of economic data releases today, the UK has already reported its October inflation figure and they came in higher than expected with a 2% rise on the months and 11.1% increase on the year. US retail figures will be out later today and they are expected to have increased a healthy 0.9% on the months. U.S. industrial production and Canada's latest inflation report will be also out later today. So with geopolitical concerns halting the rally in riskier assets, this is all on the market's wrap today.
And now I mentioned already that we have changed our outlook on the fixed income markets. I welcome Dario Messi from Fixed Income Research on this show to give some more color. Hi Dario. Yes, hello Mike and good morning to all of you. And yeah, exactly, you mentioned it, we did some rating changes last week. And in a nutshell, we think the higher real yield allows to increase credit quality in portfolios. So basically, in this new yield environment, uh, investors can move up the credit ladder uh, and lock in some decent yields without diving into the riskiest segments of the bond market uh, anymore. As such, we downgraded our rating for US high yield debt to neutral and upgraded US high investment grade bonds to overweight. And in essence, this means we remove some credit risk while we add back some duration risk. Uh, let me explain. So as we all know, this year uh, was really a heavy year for bond investors. Uh, the, the end of financial repression came in in such a fast and furious way, uh, much more brutal than we could ever imagined. And for very long before, our narrative has been to prefer credit risk over duration risk, to basically really avoid this long end risk. And yes, it, it helped a bit. But we have to admit uh, only marginal uh, also credit spreads, as you know, did not really offer discussion that we hoped for. But uh, as a result, this massive repricing means that the bond market has now much more to offer. So in other words, the opportunity set just broadened dramatically. And this also means riskier segments, which uh, many investors had to look after in the last couple of years in this search for yield now all of a sudden got some alternatives, some competitive alternatives. So quality bonds, all of a sudden, have some decent yields. And this holds true not just in nominal terms, but even more importantly, also in real terms. So as inflation starts to roll over. And recent macro readings uh, in the US also give more comfort in, in this assessment. So higher rated segments also reduce refinancing risks significantly because their maturities are longer on average. And this is also certainly beneficial in case the, the Fed needs to keep rates elevated for a longer period. So a tilt towards more quality debt is warranted in our view. Having said this, we would not sell outright high yield bonds at current spread levels. We still have it on, on neutral and um, defaults are increasing, but we don't think that they're going to spike immediately. So redemptions of high yield bonds can be reinvested into high grade corporate bonds, such as a double or also single A corporate debt in order to increase credit quality in portfolios. And at the same time, low investment grade, so the triple Bs with shorter maturities can still help to increase the carry. So we keep our overweight rating there and would use it for cash management enhancement, basically making use of these higher coupons and near-term redemptions, because there default rates risks remain very low for this segment. So in a nutshell, higher real yields means we can increase credit quality in por portfolios now. That's it from my side, back to you, Mike. Thank you very much, Dario. This concludes today's show. I hope you will join us tomorrow again when we will provide you, among others, with the latest thoughts from our CIO office on the markets. Goodbye for now. 
The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.